0: This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. To the Cleveland Guardian Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardiansFancast.com. The All Star break is still on, but the All Star game is over, and we're heading into the second half of the season. So, I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of my highlights from the first half and questions or thoughts for the second half. The All Star game itself was fun. Got to see Andre Simeonas make an amazing play at second base, flipping the ball behind his back to Tim Anderson for a double play. Tim Anderson made a pretty terrible throw that still turned out to be an out, and that was just perfect. Jimenez didn't look so great in his plate appearance, but Jose Ramirez made up for that by getting two singles. And then Emmanuel Classe came in for the bottom of the ninth and struck out the side on ten pitches, and they were all cutters. He is something else. Didn't even have to use the slider. I don't know if he thought, well, this is an exhibition game. Maybe I should give him a chance. But I was just laughing as guys were just trying to figure out how to hit this maniac. He's merciless, and it is fun to watch. So with that said, just want to turn our thoughts back to the half of the season that was. Some things that I think stood out to me. Uh shane bieber lower velocity still super effective that's a highlight for me emmanuel classé as we just mentioned absolutely dominant unbelievable Uh, tito keeps talking about in post games how he's learned not to be bothered by traffic guys sometimes get the bat to the ball with him and so they're going to get on base but he's not bothered by it anymore and that's, that's got to be scary for everybody who has to go up against him. I don't know how anybody hits these guys like Classe, like Helsley, who was in the game. Uh, these guys that are just throwing over 100 miles an hour and they have movement and control. I'm not sure any of them have better control than Classe does. And that's what really separates him from the crowd. Speaking of the bullpen, another highlight Eli Morgan and Trevor Steffen. I think they both had really great first halves. They had bumps in the road for both of them, and that's going to happen with pitchers who are still young working into that role. Stefan, you know, needs to kind of put it together a little bit quicker than you might expect for Morgan as he's trying to work into the role, and I think he has, and so that's been a big deal. Uh, it's it's it'll be big to see Nick Samuels and James check if they can really get things turned around and be consistent. Then the bullpen is suddenly a pretty big strength. Uh, Might have an issue trying to figure out who's your left-handed option out there, whether it's henches or ghosts or whether you need to go find someone. That's something to maybe think about and kind of have in the back of your mind. But feeling pretty good about Morgan and Stefan and Sandlin and Classe, of course. And I think that Karen Check will probably be all right when it's all said and done. There'll be some bumps in the roads there. I think one of the most exciting things about the first half was how aggressive the Cleveland Guardians were with promotions and then playing the guys that they promoted. They didn't hang on to playing Bradley Zimmer and Bobby Bradley and Oscar Mercado all the time and Yu Chang every day. They didn't say, oh, this is how it has to be for a while. They were quick to move on to guys who have higher ceilings, guys who they want to see for the future, and I expect them to continue to be quick that way. Uh, enjoying, looking forward to seeing Nolan Jones and Alex Call get more at-bats and uh, excited about the at-bats that we've seen for Quan, even for Jimenez, who, you know, it's possible might have not seen him as much on some other years of the Guardians, it seems like, or they would have had to maybe split time with Ahmed or something. And it's been great to see him get consistent time and even more consistent time as the season gone, has gone on been good to see Miller get some consistent time, even though he's been a little frustrating. But that's good to see. So just hopefully they continue. To go along with that, Stephen Kwan, he has been great. He's had a chance to start from basically the beginning of the year, and he's made the most of that. Had some ups and downs, but overall that 110 WRC Plus has looked great. And I suspect that you'll start to see him hit a few more homers in the second half of the year. I don't think he'll probably get over much more than five, maybe eight uh, homers for the year, but it would be pretty exciting to see him start to hit a few more out of the ballpark. He only has one right now. Another highlight, Tristan McKenzie, he had his rough stretch where he gave up a bunch of home runs, and it seems like he's kind of turned the page on that. We've seen the uh, the heights of what he can be is he can be absolutely dominant and be an ace, and looking forward to continue to see him grow into that role of being a number one or number two starter on the team and very excited about that. Andres Jimenez, an all-star, starting all-star second baseman, has had so many clutch hits for this team and just looks like he's ready to be the starting shortstop or starting second baseman for this team for the foreseeable future. He's so fun to watch, and you should read Zach Meisel's article about him. Uh, Zach Meisel's article about Andre Uh It was great, as he had in The Athletic, kind of talking about his journey. Uh, he's just an easy guy to root for and, and fun to have on our team. Still have the image of him kissing his bat after he got hit so many times and he hit that walk-off home run against the Twins. That was an amazing moment. And... To go along with that, Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor has proven himself to be who we all hoped he would be, and maybe even more. Looks like he can be your first baseman slash DH, maybe even if you need to in right field. Guy of the future, that 133 WRC+, going along well with Jimenez, 138 WRC+. Those are key, key components to have in your lineup, and really important that they seem to have figured it out. And number one, Jose Ramirez, he signed an extension and immediately backed up that extension, had his rough stretch, seems like he's turned the corner on that. He is who he is, and we're so glad that he's on our team. So now let's turn our attention to some questions to ask about the second half of the season. In no particular order, so I think the question that's probably on everyone's mind over the next couple weeks are: is, uh, will there be trades? Will the team trade anyone? Rumors about possibly trading Fran Mill or trading Ahmed. Maybe, you know, getting a chance for some other guys to get some at-bats, some younger guys. Really feel it's unlikely they trade Ahmed. Starting to feel like it's more likely that they keep him around. Maybe try to make him a super utility guy than anything else. Uh, Not saying that for sure will happen, but just kind of wondering about that. And I do think, though, that they're going to explore the opportunities to trade Fran Mill. I, I feel like that's the one thing just kind of hearing what people are saying and piecing together what I see on the field that the team might move on from him to try to get more guys at bats and get them in at DH. And I'm okay with that. I, I'm a little concerned about where they're going to find slugging for this team and especially right-handed slugging, but I think we can trust them to figure that out with the amount of prospect depth that they have. So if they decide to move on from Fran Mill, I'm okay with it. If they decide to keep him, I, I fully support that as well. I love watching Fran Mill hit and I still believe that he's... A guy who, as Alex, our friend from 216 Baseball, he always says that you know eventually he's going to hit 40 homers in a season. I think that's a great way to describe what I think about Fran Mill. That eventually he's going to have that season and would love for it to be here. But I understand the limitations that he has. So to go along kind of with that that question, who are the next prospects that we see? Are we going to get to see Peyton Battenfield? Are we going to get to see... Xavion uh, Curry or Logan Allen are we going to just see uh, some of the other you know kind of relievers that are out there Nick Enright Nick McCullochek are we going to start to see uh, other hitters who we've been wanting to see like Tyler Freeman a longer look at Gabriel Arias uh, looking maybe at Will Benson or even Will Brennan will we see them get some time and a lot of that might depend on trades on injuries uh, which hopefully there are no, no injuries, but they're almost always is somebody who gets dinged up here and there. And uh, just really interested to see what they do as far as promoting more prospects. Do we see Brian LaVastita uh, take Luke Maley's spot if he gets healthy and starts hitting a little bit more? So to go along, uh, to go to the next question there, my next question would be, can Jose, Straw, and Fran Mill stay out of the slumps we saw them in? Now, one of those people doesn't really belong on that list. Um, Jose's slump was nothing compared to Straw and slumps, but just wanted to kind of say that, you know, for some reason he was, he's popping up and striking out more than usual and don't know if it's an injury thing or just kind of a timing thing. Just looking to see him pull out of that. Don't want that to last very long because he's really crucial for this team. Uh, Miles Straw looks like he's put his slump behind him and is back to doing what he's really capable of doing, driving the ball to the opposite field, running really fast, making a lot of contact, and not striking out all the time. And Fran you know, he's been hitting better. He's still striking out a ton. He's still going after that, that slider down the way so often. But could he maybe pull out of that and start showing more of what we know that he's capable of? If those things can happen, then this team's gonna have a pretty good run in them for the second half of the year. Who pitches for Aaron Savali? How long is Savali going to be out? There's another good question to ask. You know, Is it Connor Pilkington for regular appearances, or do they try to bring up someone like Peyton Battenfield? That's a big question. Do they try to make a trade? Still thought that would be a good idea to make up a trade for a starting pitcher, so they bring another starting pitcher in who can pitch there and then kind of let Plesak and Savali figure out who's going to be in that fifth spot when Savali's healthy. Another health issue. When does Oscar Gonzalez come back and what does that mean for the team? Seems like his injury is going to take a little bit longer than maybe what they originally thought. So maybe that means we can extend around Alex Call. Maybe that means they take a look at another right-handed slugger that they acquire in a trade. Don't really expect that, but could happen. So just interested to see when he comes back. Another question, will they move on from Brian Shaw at some point? <laughs> I doubt it, but... It's possible, I suppose, especially if some other relievers come on really strong and maybe in a reliever is acquired in the trade, that would probably be the most likely way for Shaw to move on. But just hoping that Tito uses him very judiciously and against bad teams, maybe against times when the team's lead isn't at stake. Uh, And that's what I'm hoping for. Another big question, this may be the biggest question for me in the second half. Will Daniel Espino get healthy and get a good amount of starts? You want Daniel Espino to get as healthy, get healthy as soon as possible so that he can start getting starts in Akron and building up some endurance, building up some longevity so that he can help the team out in 2023. That's a really big deal and something we should all be hoping for. Will Cody Morris? come up and spend some time with the club he's on the 40 man he's got the stuff to be an amazing reliever but he's also got stuff to be a good starter if he can just stay healthy so will the team move him to the bullpen to try to keep him healthier and will he be able to help in the bullpen in the majors this year i i hope so i hope yes for all those questions um even <laughs> i guess i can't answer he's in the bullpen and being a starter at the same time i would i would be Perfectly happy to see them try to stretch him out as a starter, but also would love to see him in the bullpen this year. Final question I have is, what does Tito decide about 2023 as far as his future as a manager? And how does he set the team up for his eventual departure? Because it kind of sounds like maybe he's nearing the point he wants to retire. He's got another surgery scheduled for after the year. I just am trying to read the tea leaves a little bit there, and it kind of sounds like he might be hanging it up at some point. Wouldn't it all be surprised to see him hang around for like this next run, kind of get the surgery done in the offseason and see how he feels as he tries to go through 2023 and then maybe retire after 2023. I could see that happening. But there are some kind of signs out there that he might be considering retiring sooner rather than later. So that's kind of a big thing for me to watch and pay attention to as the season goes on. Hopefully you've got some things that you're excited about seeing in the second half of the year. We'll enjoy the soft day. I wanna let you know that we are going to have some fun stuff coming up. I've got fan interviews that I've recorded and I've also interviewed some uh, writers and reporters and media folks with other teams talking about potential trades at the trade deadline. So we'll be hearing from somebody from the A's, from the Reds, and from the Phillies, and working on some other interviews as well. So I hope you'll be excited about hearing those. We'll hear from someone from the A's on Thursday's episode, and I'm uh, very excited to share those with you. I think we learned I learned a lot from those interviews that I would love to share with you. Don't forget that the podcast is supported by Sheets and Giggles, sheetsgiggles.com. Go there and check out Sheets, enter the code GUARDIANS to get 15% off your order. The sheets are a little more expensive than you know the cheapest sheets that you can find. They're sustainably made, they're made in a way that's uh, friendly towards the environment. They're also uh, made with eucalyptus-infused fabric, so it helps you get a good night's sleep and it's super comfortable to sleep on. If you're like me, you're always looking for things that you can buy your wife <laughs> that your wife you know, won't ask you specifically for what she wants. And whether that's your husband or your wife, we all have partners like that. So I try to look for special things that she might not think about that she will appreciate. Things that just are maybe even a little bit of luxury, but make her feel good. And you know, I think these sheets are a great example of that. It's not something where you break the bank to buy it. But it is something that's kind of nice and that you can point to your significant other and say, hey, this is how much I care about you. I care about how you're sleeping and the quality of your sleep. And here's how I'm showing it to you by buying these sheets. So I encourage you to do that. SheetsGiggles.com. Enter the code Guardians. Support the podcast. Save 15% on your order. Get some great sheets. Make your partner happy. This has been the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.